himself into man. The baseline and the foundation of all of that is the blood. The blood is the agent that is the absolute most. Look at all them right there, how beautiful you are. You are lovely, every one of you. The blood is the agent that God used that is the most powerful force in the spiritual and supernatural world. The blood is the most powerful force in the spiritual and supernatural world. We've missed that because we have taken the word and we have done everything we can do to eliminate the blood flow and to throw it all over into grace. And whenever I get done with this message, whether it's today or tonight, I'm going to try to open your eyes to why the foundation of how God does business is in the blood. Grace and faith are both perspectives or objects that come out of the blood. I'll show it to you in the scripture right here. All right? Now, I want you to take your little communion deal. And I want you, to, we're going to take communion before I preach this. Because as we take communion today, you're going to have the opportunity to identify what is in this commemorative action, this do in remembrance of me. Paul said, talking about what Jesus did, for I received from the Lord what I have passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we're going to open up this top tab, and there'll be a little wafer there. And I want you to hold it up like this. Father, I bless this body. I bless the body to me with all of the works and actions that can be replicated from this body directly to me. For it was this body that went to the cross, and it was this body that lay in the tomb. It was this body that went to hell. But this body came out of the region of the damned in a blessed and righteous body. And that blessed and righteous body has given to me the exact hope that what was done by this body can and will be done in me. I break this and take it in remembrance of you. Open up your communion juice. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 
This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Now we're going to drink this and I'm going to bless it. This is the blood that was shed for me. It is the most powerful agent, not only in the world, but in the supernatural world. It is the agent of blood that totally washes me white as snow. I drink this blood in remembrance of the one who shed it. Take it, drink it, all of it. Now let's look and see what it is we have done as we did this action. Let's look. Stand with me and honor the reading of God's Word. Romans chapter 3, verse 24 and 26. Here's what the Word of God said. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare His righteousness for the remission of sin that are passed through the forbearance of God. Father, we pray that you'll open our eyes that we can see in our ears, that we can hear in our heart, that we can understand what the Word of God is saying to us, and then you'll allow us to apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear Son. Jesus, we ask you to speak. We ask that as you speak, the Holy Ghost will show us what we need to know, do, understand, and demonstrate. As he does, we will receive it, release it to your people, and from there we'll be corrected, we'll be led, we'll be guided, and we will be transformed to be the image ever closer of the one who is revealing himself through the Holy Spirit. We ask it all in the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Now, I want to take you through these two verses. Because these two verses, there's a lot to be said about the blood. Being justified, that means that the blood has made you innocent. Freely, without cause, and not in vain. By His. Now, here is where... This scripture runs into to areas that our modern church world doesn't want to go because it's not convenient. It's not convenient to say what the blood does. It's not convenient to say how the blood operates. Because if we do, then we dispel the concept of free grace. We dispel the idea that grace is a seductive word that is used in the modern church that is leading people down a road of unholiness and impurity, and that unholiness and impurity is leading them into a position where they are actually in opposition to the God that they say they serve because the Bible declares that He is a holy and pure God. So if we operate through free grace, we eliminate what is behind free grace, of which I'm going to show you here in a second, and we allow ourselves to maintain a lifestyle that allows us to look like, act like, talk like, think like the world, and say that grace, God has through His grace simply covered up everything 
and He has done it all by grace. Well, the facts are God has done it, except He didn't do it by grace. He did it by the blood. Look at the Scripture. Being justified freely by His. Those that the His are those things that come together which caused an effect. Grace is the favor influence the way God does things in the open heaven of judgment that's operated in portions, proportion to the portions that are completed by His actions. Through, through, key word here, His means what He has done to give us portions. Through, as grace comes through the portions, what happens? Redemption. Redemption is the act and the acts that make up the force of salvation. How did it happen? It happened because it's in Christ. Who is Christ? He is the victoriously anointed one who defeated death, hell, and the grave. Who is Jesus? He is the one who has produced from his name the salvation of God that destroyed the wicked from the foundation to the neck. So we've got a scripture here that we have to reconcile. Being justified, being made innocent freely by something that Jesus did that is appropriated to us in portions by grace. How? Because of redemption. How did redemption happen? Because of something Christ Jesus did. Let's look. Whom God, the next verse, the Godhead, operating from the foundation of the world, in the divine plan of God, operating to reconcile you back to himself, has set forth that Christ Jesus we saw in the verse prior to be a propitiation, the one who was put in place to be the anointed victim that would make what had been done wrong to be done right. Now watch this. Through faith, which is the channeling act that would allow for the use of the work of the victim. In what? In grace? No, no. In the blood. Now, if you look back up here, you see we're justified freely by his actions, which we now know from Ephesians 4, 7, that that action of grace is appropriated through the portions of the measure of Jesus Christ. Now we come down to verse 25, and he says how grace came into effect. It came into effect through faith, the channeling of his actions in his blood. The thing that is shed from the victim that satisfies the required need, and from that blood, it produces remission. This is the most powerful and recognizable force that has ever been known in both the natural, the spiritual, and the supernatural world, the supernatural universe. What does it do to declare what? The blood is the indicator of how one becomes to be in right standing with God. This is so significant. It's so important. And it's been totally You've gone misinformed because we've all said grace, 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 
Grace, grace is never appropriated without the operation of the blood. You cannot get grace to work in your life unless first the blood has done what the blood must do. It is declared by God that the blood is the indicator of right standing with God, right standing in his righteousness, which is the result of the channeling of faith, the effects that come to you through the blood. What do they do? They work for the remission of sins that are past. The old man is washed away by faith in the plan of the Godhead and the atoning effects of what the blood accomplishes in the spiritual world through the forbearance of God. Now watch it now. Righteousness as met in God's standard gives God the right to hold self-restraint. Now we've taught this to say grace did that. We've taught it to say grace causes God to be in self-restraint and grace causes God to tolerate you. No, my friend, grace is not the answer. The blood is the answer. But we don't want to look into the blood because if we recognize the power of the blood, then we will have to recognize what the blood does. See, grace lets us live like we want to. Grace says everything is okay because grace is there. And grace is the overriding act of God that's going to allow you, once you say this little prayer, to believe and everything's going to be all right. Grace to you and you're okay. But that's not what is being declared here. What is being declared here is that faith in the blood has brought you to a place where there is self-restraint by God, where he looks at you and tolerates you in forbearance and says to you, I now see you not through grace, but through the blood. Grace comes into play, and we'll talk about this in a little bit later. Whenever we begin to get into the portions of what Jesus Christ has accomplished, from the cross to his position as the man in the Godhead. See, we've got to understand, my friends, grace, blood, is the most powerful supernatural force that's ever been known to man because it will take you from wherever you are and bring you by belief in the by faith in the blood into a position where God will look at you and say, I now don't see him as he was. The old man is gone. I'm creating a new covenant through the blood, not through grace, but through the blood. And the blood, when detonated, causes a catastrophic effect in the life of every man, woman, boy, and girl. Listen to this. The blood came from Jesus, seven parts of his body. Some of you have heard me say this before, but it bears attention again. When Jesus was in the garden and praying, his sweat became as drops of blood. So out of his body came the breaking of his will. It was from there and the shedding of that blood that Jesus was able to stand up 
And whenever he spoke to those that came to get him, they fell back on the ground out of that power. But he had diminished his will and broken his will and destroyed his will. How? By the blood. So that he could go on to Calvary. Now when he got to Calvary and Praetorium, they put a crown of thorns upon his head. And all of a sudden, blood began to fall. Now I want you to get this because it's a thing of beauty. It's a hurtful thing because when Paul looked at Jesus Christ and saw the blood, it literally killed him. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ who liveth in me, who died and gave himself for me. It has killed me just to see what has happened to him. There he began to bleed. There they beat his back, and the wounds began to bleed in praetorium, all the way from the praetorium where they put the crown of thorns upon his head where his mind and his will was broken by the blood flow. My friend, you must have your will and your mind and your emotion broken or you destroyed or you will never take on the mind of Christ. The only way to get there is through the blood. There is no other way. Grace won't do it for you. Grace will tell you everything is all right. My grace is sufficient, so they say. But the truth is, without the detonation and the power of the explosion of the blood, there will be no mind of Christ to be found in you. Think about that. But we've been told we don't need the mind of Christ because we've got grace. They put the crown of thorns on his head and he began to bleed. My God, have mercy. The blood began to fall down in praetorium. They turned him around. And as the blood fell down over his eyes, all of a sudden, what the mind of man would want to see changed. The mind of man, when the blood covered his eyes, began to cause him to see what he would look out and say about them. God, forgive them. Hallelujah. For they know not what they do. Don't hold this against them, God. That blood changed his vision. That blood changed how he looked out over mankind. There it came down over his ears. And he no longer heard the of the shame because you know that cursed is every man that hangeth upon a tree. But he never heard that. All he could hear was that he was fulfilling the call that God had placed upon his life from the foundation of the world. The blood came down and covered his ears. What's he saying? He's saying your eyes, when your mind, will, and emotion come into the correct place, are going to stop looking around into the world in which you live and making them anything more than what they are. They are a place of which you are located, but your mind is on heavenly things. Your heart, your head, your thoughts are no longer in this world. They're not of this world. They are listening to a heavenly voice because you have put on a new mind. You have now gone from being that old earthly person, but the blood has brought you to a new vision. The blood has brought you to a new hearing. The blood has brought you to a new way of navigating. 
changing because you ain't hearing what you used to hear. You're not hearing the sounds of the cry for sin. You're not hearing the sounds of the, the desire for the old flesh way. You are hearing the sound of the Son of God speaking out of the portals of glory and saying, go this way, my son. Go that way, my child. Do this, my child. Say this, my child. I will lead you and guide you. I will be your God and you will be my people. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So there he bled from his head and his mind, will, and emotion from the blood was destroyed. Now we know what Paul meant when he said the mind of Christ. He took on a heavenly mind. How did he do it? Did he do it by saying, well, I think I'll do this differently. That's how they tell you to live in Christendom today. Just make up your mind. Make up your mind to serve God. My friend, if your natural mind was that strong, you'd never gotten into sin to begin with. If your natural mind was that strong, you would never, ever have considered doing anything that would separate you from the love of God. You would never, ever listen to someone who would draw you away into something that was destructive for your life. Your natural mind ain't strong enough. The only way for your mind to change is if the blood detonates in your head and the blood covers your mind, will, and emotion and you begin to see the world through different eyes. Oh, what a message. Oh, what a message. The blood, the most powerful, supernatural. Now watch what I say. Force in the world. Because Jesus, as he shed that blood, beginning with his sweat, beginning with the crown of thorns, begin to see everything and everybody differently. Begin to hear everything from everybody differently. No longer was the cross a curse, but the cross was a place that Jesus knew that when the blood came down, man's minds could change. Man's hearts could change. Then they turned him around in praetorium, and they began to beat his back. They whipped him. Till he was beat to shreds. They said they couldn't even look at him. He didn't even look like a man. Out of his back came blood. That blood brought into the earth the healing of mankind. Someone said, well, pastor, the blood brought the healing of our body. Well, many would preach it that way. But I want to tell you something. Healing came to us. But that came through the covenant of this blood. Whenever Jesus was beaten, he was beaten for the forgiveness of your sin. And as every drop fell on the ground, when you would believe in the blood, you would be forgiven eternally. And detonating in your heart, blood would go off. That would wash you as white as snow. The power of the blood would cleanse you, purge you, and refine you until you could know God. 
on a first name basis until you could walk with God and he would be to you what he was to Adam and you could live and walk while Jesus Christ himself living in you would guide every step. Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. How did that happen, the blood? The blood, when it detonated out of the back of Jesus Christ, when it struck the ground out of the back of Jesus Christ, it was as like Ted was on that bass drum going boom, 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 boom. And a little explosion was going on in the hearts of every man, woman, boy, and girl who would believe in what the blood has done. The blood is the life changer, my friend. The blood is the life changer. The blood is the eternal blessing and power of God in the body of Jesus Christ that transforms you from what you once were into who you are in Christ Jesus. That's what the blood does. Now then, the Bible said they plucked his beard. Why did they pluck his beard? Because from his beard, blood flowed. Blood flowed. What did it do? It changed everything anybody would ever say. There was a man hanging on the cross that day who didn't deserve to die. There was a man hanging there who just didn't deserve to die. Now the two on the sides of him, they deserved it, but he didn't. There was nothing that he had done. Jealousy, hatred, anger, money, power sent him to the cross. All the things that man wanted when they looked out upon Jesus Christ. So there he could have been as you and I would be. You know those times when things didn't go our way? When somebody did something to us we didn't like? And we got bitter about it. We got mad about it. We said, this ain't fair. This ain't right. How come they get to treat me that way? Only reason, now there are some people that tell you this, only reason they get to treat me that way is because they're white. Only reason they get to treat me that way is because they are wealthy. Only reason they get to treat me that way is because they've got the power and I don't. If I had the power, I'd treat them that way and see how it feels. Huh? Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Ain't one of you in here had said that. Ain't a one of you in here has not gotten bitter over something somebody did to you. Ain't a one of you. Here's the truth, my friends. He went to the cross and out of his mouth came blessing. Out of his mouth came forgive them. Out of his mouth came a word. Why did it happen? What caused that? Because the blood. The blood surrounded his mouth. The strongest force in the supernatural world came across his tongue. When he would lick his lips, there would be blood there. And as he began to thirst, the blood began to fall into the earth. Why did it fall? So that you would no longer have to experience bitterness. 
I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. You'd no longer have to know the words of bitterness. You would have a hope beyond bitterness. You would have a hope that would transcend all of the things that life could do to you. And you would begin to speak blessing and not cursing. But James said, out of the same spout comes cursings and blessings. That's where we live today. Why do we live there? Because we don't understand what the blood has done. We don't understand the power of the blood. We don't understand the detonation of the blood. We don't understand <coughs> the reality of the blood. We don't understand that. So we do not live in mental, mind, will, and emotion, visual, hearing, and speaking relationship to the blood. Think about that. We don't live there. Why? Because everybody tells us we're going to live in grace. We're going to live by grace. Grace going to do it. Don't worry about it. Great man has out there this, 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 this program called Grace to You. My friend, the power of this thing is not in grace. It's in the blood. The baseline of the triangle of love is not in grace. It's in, blood. It's in the blood. The faith that justifies you, that declares the works of Jesus Christ and the replications in you of the Holy Spirit is not grace. It is the blood. There is faith in the blood. The blood is the thing that causes the explosion of the old nature. And that same thing that explodes the blood that causes your old nature to change also is a building agent because the power of life is where? In the blood. So this thing operates on both ends. It destroys and it builds. That's the power of blood. Jesus came and they poked holes in his hands. Why did they poke holes in his hands? Because out of his hands would come an anointing that the blood caused. Out of his hands would come your ability to use your hands as a service to him. They poked holes in his feet. Why did he poke, poke holes in his feet? Now watch this now. If your mind is right, your will is right, and your uh, uh, emotions are right, and your vision is right, and your hearing is right, and you've been forgiven of sin, then your hands will take on an anointing, and every step that you trod will be under the anointing of God. Wherever your feet go, blood goes. Blood follows you everywhere you are. You don't think about it. Why? Because you're driving down the road and you get mad at everybody coming down that doesn't do what you think they ought to do in the car. Because you go into the grocery store and someone cuts you off in one of those buggies and you see that's what we don't understand. The blood is following us every step we take. The blood is ministering through us every step we take. That's why people can say to those that are in this grace movement, well, you can do this, that, and the other and live like you want to because they do not understand the significance of the change that the blood causes. It's not just a change. It's a transformation. That's what I want you to see. Redemption is accomplished by the shedding of the blood. That is only shed from a, per a perfect sacrifice. The ability to be redeemed 
can only come from Jesus Christ, who is the perfect sacrifice. How much time do I have here? Oh, I'm about to be done. Who is the perfect sacrifice? So blood is the key, not grace. Blood is the key. It is the detonator that is in you. Now, is grace a good thing? Well, absolutely. But grace is not the baseline. The blood is. Grace is the thing that is going to move you through the acts of Jesus Christ, according to Ephesians 4, 7. They are going to be proportional to the portions of the measure of the works of Jesus Christ. But the blood is the thing that you must relish. It is the thing that you must understand. And it is the power of God. It is the power that transforms you. Now, if you do not desire to come in and under the blood, then, my friend, how are you ever going to operate in the reality of the Christian life? You can't. You can't do it by grace because grace is not the way in. The blood is the way in. Everything has an entry point. Everything has to have somewhere to start. The blood is the starting place. It is the place from which Jesus placed in the ground the blood that would cry out forever and God would hear it. And he would take that blood and it would live in you until you became the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus. What was in him? The blood. He was a man, now watch it, that was full of grace and truth. But what was in him was the blood. The blood is the transforming agent of heaven. It is the strongest supernatural force known to mankind. It will bust up every demonic activity in your life. It will destroy everything that attacks you as you are a child of God. We look and we hear him say, Paul said, for there are the common things that are the temptations. But in all of them, God has made a way of escape. Is it grace? No, my friend, it's the blood. The blood activates grace. The blood activates the applications of grace, and faith comes in and channels that grace from the portions of what Jesus Christ has done for you. Think on that now. You're going to go into this coming week, and you're going to pray about things. You're going to think about things. Go to the blood. Go to the blood. Go through the blood. Go through the blood. When you go through the blood that is declared by the Father to be the agent of which he shed from the, the victim, the propitiation shed from the victim for the remission of your sin, you're going to then be able to go further into the grace of God and find out how the blood activates grace and changes the atmosphere and the environment over which you're praying. If you come in any other way, you will find a glass ceiling. You will find a glass ceiling. And when you find a glass ceiling, you'll get frustrated. And you'll say, why doesn't prayer work for me? Why doesn't prayer give me what it is I'm asking about? 
Well, let me take you back to Romans chapter 3, and I'm closing. Justified freely by his actions. What were his actions? They shed blood. That's what his actions did. In every place, up until he came out of the earthly realm and went into the tabernacle, blood was a factor in every place. All of the first four works. The cross blood was a factor. The tomb blood was a factor. The resurrection blood was a factor. And the high priest sprinkling blood over the vessels of ministry, all a factor. Blood's a factor. Blood's a factor. You cannot get into correct worship unless you come through the blood. You cannot get into correct praise unless you come through the blood. You cannot get into correct honor unless you come through the blood. You cannot get into correct glory unless you come. How do you know that, Pastor? Because that's what Jesus did when he sprinkled blood over the high priest as the high priest over his own sacrifice in the tabernacle made without hands. He sprinkled blood for those purposes. You do not have an advocate without blood. Blood is the integral factor. In the first three phases from the cross to the tomb to the resurrection, you saw one phase of grace. One. There are four phases. You saw one. What was it, Pastor? You saw grace in favor. He favored you. He favored you at the cross. He favored you in the tomb. And he favored you in the resurrection. It was not until he became the high priest over his own sacrifice and sprinkled blood on the vessels of ministry that the influence of grace began to be operational for you and me. There that influence that came from the blood brought you into the position where you could worship him in spirit and truth. It brought you into the position where you could bring him the highest praise. It brought you into position where you could honor the God of the universe. The blood did that for you. The blood did that for you. Grace brought you in now into the influence of those things that Jesus accomplished through the blood. Prior to that, it had all been done by favor. The blood, my friends. This week, you're going to look around at things and you're going to begin to play, pray. Let me tell you what you begin with. I enter through the blood. Everything has an entry point. If it does not have an entry point, then my friends, you're going in another way. You're trying to get there through some other mechanism, through some other way, through some other plan. Everything has an entry point. Prayer has an entry point. Coming to Jesus has an entry point. Doing for Jesus has an entry point. Uh, bringing your mind, will, emotion, your eyes, your ears, your tongue, coming into the healing of forgiveness, coming into the anointing, coming into the church. All of that came from the blood as you pray this week, enter through the blood. If you enter through the blood, then you have brought, been brought to the right starting place. Love grew where the blood fell, the triangle of love. Drops like rain fell down for men in misery. Love grew where the blood fell. Oh, I'm so glad 
His precious blood covers me. Think about that. Love, then the blood. That's how the triangle of God brought you into Jesus Christ. Bow your head and close your eyes. Now, Father, we've taken communion today. And I'm asking that the blood would detonate in the hearts of your people. For from the blood, we saw what was done in the body to produce the blood. And we saw that out of that body came healing in the spirit. And we believe it produces healing in the body. We believe today, God, that what the blood has accomplished gives us an entry point into grace that portions to us all of the things that Jesus Christ has done on our behalf. So today, God, if I need forgiveness, I come to you through the blood. If I need healing, I come to you through the blood. If I need deliverance, I come to you through the blood. For the blood is the entry point. Now as I come to you through the blood, grace is going to appear. And it's going to begin to appropriate to me, because of faith, the action of Jesus Christ that applies to my life. So if I'm not saved, I come to you through the blood, and grace begins to appropriate what Jesus did on the truth. If my flesh is bothering me and fighting me, I come to you through the blood and I enter in to the tomb and there grace begins to be appropriated to my flesh and my old nature, my flesh that wants to rise up all the time and tell me what I should do. The blood eliminates it, destroys it. It's the most powerful thing in the universe. I can see it. I can touch it. And grace then, because of the blood, operates in me to deliver me from myself. To deliver me from myself, my own nature, my flesh. I can find my answer now in grace because I came through the blood. Then there is this old sin habit. The old man. I can now proportion grace through the blood and kill the old man and rise up in the standard of righteousness. All done because I came through the blood. I can go now into the high priest, into the tabernacle of God, having washed myself clean, and I've gone from red, crimson sin to being washed white as snow. And in the tabernacle today, I can enter into a new worship, a new place where grace to me now becomes an influence. And he begins to influence what I do, where I go, how I think, what I say, what I hear, what I want to say, what I want to hear. The influence of grace comes out of that blood. But I'll never get there unless I come through the blood. 
It is declared by God, pronounced by God, that faith in the blood is the avenue to get to the place where grace becomes free. Now, I don't know where that leaves all of you, but you know in your heart. What spot in the continuum are you? Wherever you are, grace, uh, blood, the blood will always be the activator. It will always be the entry point. Then, then grace will begin to proportion the portion of what Jesus has done. And the Holy Spirit will begin to detonate in your heart. To detonate in your heart. To detonate in your heart. And whatever it is that the blood must settle and solve is done. Now, Father, we receive it today in the lovely name of Jesus. Stand up, raise your hands, and praise Him. Father, we thank you today. We enter in through the blood, so we plead that blood. We bring that blood before you. We enter in today. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. Go right in to wherever you need to be. In the actions and replications of Jesus Christ. And let those actions. Begin to be cleansed. By the power of the blood. Purged. By the power of the blood. Refined. By the power of the blood. Oh my God. What a God. What a God that would give you life through blood and create in you a very DNA that you would become the children of the living God. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Father, we thank you today for those of you on Facebook, YouTube, Lift Him Higher Radio, and Mike Springston FFC Podcast. I want to tell you, the blood is your entry point. Come into it, believe in it, receive it, and let the Word of God begin to grow and develop. And as that is, de is declared, grace will begin to be a portion of all of the actions of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you'll meet this need in those that are watching today and bring us to the knowledge of the entry point, the blood. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. May God bless you is my prayer. Remember, 6 o'clock tonight, Wednesday night at 645. We look forward to seeing you then. God bless you until we speak again.